actually this this morning was actually going to be the introduction part of it. There we go. Um, but I think, yes, I don't really think I've got time to do it justice no, in okay. that sense. <laughs> Give us so, uh, but what, one, what's the series going to be about? I mean, it's called why four? Why four? Now that's a bit cryptic. I mean, if you're a student of English, it should really be what for. Um, <laughs> but in essence, it's why have we got four gospels. And we, I want us to focus on the gospels in the coming week. And the reason for that is actually because of the studying I did while I was doing the prayer series, Why Pray, that we've just done. And it really became obvious to me that effective prayer has to be based on a sound knowledge of the scriptures. Uh, as Pentecostal Christians, we have a, a, a long tradition, I guess, of everything coming from the heart and from the spirit. You may be seated, by the way. Um, sorry, you, you, well, you can stay can there. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a great thing that, that, that breathed life in, into the, the whole world of Christianity around the world because it had become dull and stale and boring, at least in my opinion, my apologies uh, to people of worship and do things different ways um, but it's just not the way I've experienced it but one thing I have noticed uh, is that often there tends to be a, a quite a, a light uh, area called uh, theology that, that comes out of that and, and that can actually be really dangerous because a, a prayer life that isn't based on a, a sound knowledge of the Word of God can actually be very destructive. It, it can destroy our faith if we start believing and praying for things that are not actually in the Word of God. And at the very worst, it can make our, our prayer life ineffective. And just as a quick example, and, and, and of course, this, these aren't rules as such, but I think I've talked about this before in Jeremiah, I mean, no, in, in Isaiah. Uh, it talks about um, the coming of what, they, what is known as the suffering servant. And of course, when Isaiah was written, they didn't, I mean, and this is often hard for us to envisage, they didn't know about Jesus. Uh, we look back on it and we look at it and we think, oh, come on, the suffering servant, it's Jesus. Yeah. And by his stripes, you will be healed. He's a tiger. It's a, yes. It's, it's, very, it's very Indian. It's a sort of Hindu phrase. <laughs> wipe that from the recording um, but we have I noticed probably in only the last decade or so um, that there's been a, a great tendency for people to actually pray that as a, a theological device that because of Jesus death on the cross and his stripes that we can personally be healed but the problem with that scripture is that Isaiah is talking about the healing of the nation of Israel He's talking about a community healing. He's talking about a national healing. He's talking about the, the, the divisions in society, the, the disconnect from God, all of these different things. He's not actually talking about your big toe and the fact that you stubbed it and you need healing. Now, if you're reading in your private personal prayer time, the book of Isaiah, and you are inspired by the fact that by Jesus' stripes, the possibility of healing is there as a personal encouragement, I think that's great. But for us as a church to actually start declaring it as a theology based on, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, there are lots of New Testament scriptures that talk about the fact that we can claim healing in Jesus' name. But we need to be careful that we don't actually start putting scriptures in place 
that give us a false impression. Now that, that's just one example, and if you want to debate that, that, that that's fine, because most, the, most theologians, as soon as you get more than two, two theologians in a room, you'll get disagreement. Um, that's just the way things work. But I thought that if we're going to have an effective prayer life, and I, I love what we had this morning, we had this, this atmosphere of prayer, of hope, of, of really positive engagement with the Holy Spirit. And I want us to keep that, but I want us to actually be actively, enthusiastically exploring the Word of God to make sure that we are actually on the right track, that we are doing God's will. Because who knows that God's will is actually more important than our idea of God's will. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes our idea is um, not quite the right one. And so I wanted us to get excited about Scripture. And I think, I don't know if you, when I first uh, got saved, I picked up a Bible and I did the normal thing. I, I picked it up and started reading at Genesis. And after about three pages, I was bogged down so far that I thought, I'm never going to understand any of this. What do you think the easiest books in the Bible to read are? The Gospels. Why are they interesting to read? Because they're about somebody fairly exciting. I mean, Jesus. I mean, who, who, who's, who's better to learn about in the Bible than Jesus? But as we read the Gospels, we know, well, I'll talk about, you know, probably next week now, the idea that um, the initial manuscripts don't mention four Gospels at all. There's the Gospel. And the headings for each of the Gospels didn't have a title, they just had dot, 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 according to. So it was the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke, etc. It wasn't Luke's gospel, it wasn't Mark's gospel. It was just a different, um, a different in, a view or interpretation yeah. of that one gospel. And the interesting thing is that the, the gospels, and in fact the whole Bible is full of hyperlinks. And I know you thought hyperlinks were invented by Wikipedia <laughs> or by the guy who invented HTML. But the Bible is actually full of hyperlinks. And we, when we read the Bible, we often ignore them. We like a linear yeah. reading of the Bible. And so I want to encourage us to actually not be uh, basic readers of the Bible, but readers of the Scripture version 2.0, that we actually lift our game a level that we actually look at what is behind the Scriptures, because it's not too far. Even, even a paper Bible, in fact, paper Bibles, I think, are sometimes an advantage. The hyperlinks, if you've got a good one, are in there. There are lots of little, little A's and, and asterisks and, yep. and underlined things, which take you to places that the Scriptures refer to. And I, I think because we've been indoctrinated, who knows that when the disciples wrote, uh, you know, when Mark wrote his Gospel, he didn't sit there and go, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4. The, the verses were put in later. And I think we have this idea that the hyperlinks also were put in later. People studied the Gospels and thought, oh, well, I can see a link there. But they don't realize that the Gospel writers themselves actually included them as hyperlinks as they wrote them. Because the, the, the Gospels are written very intentionally very carefully for a very specific purpose in mind and I'll talk more about that next week but uh, and, and we've got a we've got to balance that because often our way of looking at the Gospels is that they were written very cleverly but we look at the audience the, the readers in the first century of the Bible and our automatic assumption is they're idiots because we know so much more we're, we live in the 21st century we understand far more than those so simple souls who were reading the gospels back in the first century 
But then you've got to think, if the gospel writers were so clever, what makes you think that the readers weren't just as clever? Because they wrote for those readers, and those readers were clued in. And so I wanted this. In fact, my message was going to be basically hyperlinked. I was going to just go and, and down the rabbit hole to see where we were going. Which, let me tell you, do not do that on the internet. <laughs> that can take you to some very dangerous places. But let me tell you, with Scripture, it will lead you to the best places possible. So Amen. I'm going to be talking about that. Before I, before I finish, though, um, I did, and I don't know how I'm going to do this without a mask, but I did want to pray for some people. Um, Elise, you here? Uh, Jessica, come on. Uh, is Alini here? No? Uh, Nat Mullins? No, if you're online, this is for you as well. But can I get you guys just to come, come forward? Jessica, up uh, uh, the pregnant. Congratulations. Uh, oh, oh, wasn't anybody supposed to notice? <laughs> Sorry. Um, can I actually have a handheld mic? Because I don't think this is going to work. I'll come down, but if I can ask you guys to stay 1.5 metres apart, I'll stay here. Um, I was praying during the week, and I don't know what it was, but but these four people came to mind. And the, the first thing that God says is one of the most dangerous things that Christians believe is that God will never give them more trials than they can handle. That is totally unscriptural because God will allow you to go through trials to the point where you realize that you can't go through them on your own and you actually call on God because who knows, nothing is impossible with God. But my word for you this morning is not a warning. It's actually to reverse that. God has things for you that you've got to apply that same thing to. God will not give you things that you can dream, imagine or believe. God, if you will allow him to take you through trials that you have to rely on God on, he will actually give you dreams and visions beyond what you can believe. He has things for you that are beyond what you dream, what you believe, what you can imagine. And I believe his word for you guys this morning is that reach out for those. There are, there are goals and dreams that you have laid down because you cannot see yourself doing them. But I want to reaffirm right now that God can see you doing them. God wants you to take that step. God wants you to trust in Him. God wants you to go beyond what you can believe and imagine and trust in faith that God is going to do more than you can believe, imagine or dream. So don't be afraid to take those steps. I believe God has plans for you that you've stopped considering or you may not have even considered and that He wants you to step into those from this day. Amen. Thank you, guys.